Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up Podcast where we will be reviewing the Cronulla Sharks forward pack. I am your host, Mort, and I am joined by the lolly eater himself, son of Dan. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm feeling real good. Got a bit of the old sugar energy going. Yeah, look, uh, for those of you who won't understand that gag there, but this podcast has been delayed two and a half hours because Dan's been eating snakes the whole time. So. It, that's exactly right, and it definitely wasn't within the last minute. Yeah. No, absolutely not. We're way too professional for that. Absolutely. Then, uh, as uh, as you know, said, that we are going to review the forwards. We we did the backs last week. Um, you know, some alarming things that came out of the back line was how alarmed we are on our wingers to set the tone for us. Uh, if you think it was alarming last week, wait till this week because I've come prepared with stats. I'm a little bit scared. The intro. You doesn't fill me with great excitement. If anyone can hear too, it's pissing sideways down Cronulla. I apologise. I have everything closed, but yeah. Yeah, look, it's, it's absolutely flooded here in Menai as well. I've got the dogs in the house, so they may wander in and out um, as they please because they own this house. As you said, uh, professional. I am just their slave. Fair enough. Completely. Feed them. Now, let's kickstart um, Blake Braley. We're going to go in alphabetical order here. Uh, Blake Braley, look, in different seasons, some people say he was good. I'll say he was shit. Um, 26 games. He was the only one to play every single game for us. He led the competition in tackles, and that's about as good as it got for mine. Um, yeah, I. he either needs to step up or we need to upgrade. Yeah, I'd argue. Earlier in the year, about six to eight weeks in, I would have fought you on that. I believe I did multiple times right here and on Outlaws and on Twitter. But, uh, man, I got nothing. I I just... Just like Rayleigh. Just like that's it. I want to take you back to the semi-final, mate. First week of the finals at home. Cronulla on the charge. Matt Moylan screaming for the ball. Nico Hines in his outside and overlap. And Young Braille throws it to Finucane, who hits Cotter. We lose the ball, lose the game. That was the moment that Jaden Braley ended for me. And it's going to take a lot to get Blake him back. Uh, Blake Braley, rather. Jaden Braley ended years ago. He's way worse. Still maintain we got the better Braley, but uh, they're both very ordinary, unfortunately. Look, I'm I'm not as low as on Braley as you are. Uh, yeah, look, he's a great tackler, but the, he gets targeted because he's so small. People run yep. at him. So, yeah, he's going to make tackles. Look, he doesn't miss too many. But this year he missed big tackles, and you know we hadn't seen that previously, so a little bit, a little bit alarming. You know, expect a player who many have said since he was, you know, 13, 14, 15, that this kid will play for Australia. I think they might have overshot that one. Uh, he's flat out sold his first grade spot. I think if we had a better backup, with the greatest respect to Jaden Beryl, he wouldn't be celebrating the Iron Man award because he would have got dropped once or twice. But uh, yeah, look, it wasn't a terrible season for Bradley for mine, but. You know, in a team where, you know, our fullback really fell away late on and, you know, we haven't got the fastest 5'8 in the world. We've got a rookie half. You expect more from your, uh, your dummy half night. I don't think he delivered. Yeah, look, he, he, you know, he attempted 1,187 tackles and he made 1,127 of them. So, you know, fair fucks to him. He tackled at 95%. I'm not going to take that away from him defensively. He's outstanding. And I don't know if that takes away from the fact that he's so tired when... Uh, you know, when it comes to us having the ball, but there are games where Braley has twenty running meters. Yeah, well, you know, and and you, you can throw up the Telstra tracker that shows that he can't put ten k's in the game. That's fine, 
right? Because he's running up and back and he's running around and he has to run to the dummy half. And so I, I, I imagine that he is going to crack the most metres per game on a Telstra tracker. But when he's actually running at the line, 26 metres isn't enough. Like, he got absolutely thudded by Reese Robson in the in the first semi-final. And then he got absolutely belted by Damian Cook in the in the second semi-final. And, you know, I think the whole team was fatigued against South Sydney, but some of Braley's passes in that game... Like, I, I see people say that he's got the best service in the NRL. Miss me with that. It's it's probably just above average for mine. You know, the best passes in the game, Chris Passes, Corsell, Green, Reese Robson, they're, they're your elite number nines there. Um, but... Yeah, look, for mine, it was a very underwhelming season from Blake. He's a dumbass. He got sim in twice. He does that stupid point where he looks at the referee and then looks like he's going to cry because he's a kid when he got penalised. I don't want really, to spend too much on him. He scored three tries, had nine try assists, but again, it's his runs or his lack of runs or sometimes he was scooped from dummy half and he just wanted to keep going, but he stops and looks for someone... Yeah, I don't know, like, you're right, you know, if, and, and if it is a fatigue thing, you know, we need to upgrade and, and find someone who can sit on the bench and play dummy half who's not named, you know, not named Braden Trindle, but, um, yeah, I, I don't like the fact that he plays every minute of every game, I don't want to stick Cam McInnes there either, so I'm being picky here, but, you know, for mine, he's got, he's, he's essentially got 10 weeks to produce something next year, otherwise he's just going to be... I'll run to the middle number nine for the rest of his life. Yep. You know, you can only rely on potential for so long. It's, But I, I, I just was checking the stats, sorry to you know look a bit distracted. Didn't run for 100 metres once. Yeah, not once. I gave him a five out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to go six. I think you're being a little bit harsh, but I, I'm not too I'm against not. the five. Uh, next, uh, Jesse Colhern played three games, hardly got any minutes, averaged 21 metres, 95% uh, tackling. Looks like he's going to be a player of the future. I would have liked to have seen him uh, feature against Newcastle um, and potentially start. I think, you know, that was a game where we didn't have to play for feeder or away. You know, this guy could have just come in and done the job as well. But um, hopefully he gets more games next year. Um yeah, I'm going to stick him just on the 5 out of 10 mark as well. Yeah, 100%. Did everything he asked for. Those that haven't seen him play for Newtown, he was very, very good. You know, I wish we'd saw more of him this year, to be totally honest. Uh, I think he's jumped over Tommy Hazleton in the pecking order, and I think he's the next cab off the rank. Big fan, big future. Didn't do too much this year, but, you know, 5 out of 10 is fair because we didn't see enough of him. It's, uh, I'm actually going to I'm gonna bump him up to 6 out of 10, Dan, because he played three games and had three wins, so 6 out of 10. Well, there you go. Should have played in the finals. Uh, next, uh, Andrew Fafida. Now, 64 metres per game off the bench. 97% tackling, which is something I never ever thought I'd say about Andy Fafida. Um, sometimes, though, he didn't attempt to make the tackle and he just let people run past him. Other than that, though, he wasn't as vintage as you would hope for, but it wasn't as bad as we thought we were going to get. What did you make of Big Andy? I thought he had a much, much, much better season than I expected. Last year he got dropped to Newtown. You know, there was talk he wasn't going to come back. That, you know, it's only that that fat contract he had the last year is going to sit out. You know, when we saw him early this year, I straight up said, I, I don't want him to get any minutes this year. By the end, you're saying, why didn't he get more minutes? 
you know, he was our best player against, uh, or our best forward, mostly impactful forward rather, against the Cowboys. Never came back on. Cannot understand why. I think he's got another year left in him. I'm not too upset it's not at Cronulla. I, I think overall, though, he had a very positive season compared to what we expected. I'm up around the six and a half, seven. He's not a big minute player anymore. He's not a player that can bust games. He's the best ever forward for Cronulla in my lifetime. You know, probably leaning on that a bit much, but, you know, no arguments here. I just. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for everything you've done. A great season. I'm glad he got to go out on his own terms and we didn't say, you know, get go get fucked, go the Tigers. Hope he gets a contract somewhere, potentially England. So I don't want to play against him, but um, not a sort of player you're going to sit around and cry after losing. So, you know, six and a half for me. I gave Andrew well, six and a half out of ten now. As you, you're right, one of, the, one of, if not the best forwards we've ever had, definitely a top five favourite. Uh, in my lifetime of supporting the Sharks. Um, you know, I'm glad that his final season with us will be full of fonder memories than we got in, in sort of the last two years. I thought it was this was it for him, but, you know, I don't blame him. We put the contract in front of him, he signed it. You know, it's it's as much as... It, well, it's, it's completely our fault. Um, look, for, for when he was called up, he, he was... There, he was, you know, Andrew Fafita of, of old on the bench. You know, when he was sitting on the bench, he was joking. He was revving everyone up. He was fired up. He, you know, he wanted to be out there, but he just doesn't have it anymore. Um, I've heard rumours that him and his brother are about to sign a deal with South Sydney. Uh, I don't want to play against him. I think it would absolutely break me to see him in another person's jersey. However, you know, he can go out on his own terms. There will be a job for life for him back at the Sharks. Uh, wish you all the best. Uh, just don't score a try, Sharkba. Oh, please. I can't take it. Uh, next, uh, Dale Finucane, 99 metres per game, 95% tackling. He had a stretch at the beginning of the year where he didn't miss a tackle for about 10 weeks. Uh, and then fatigue, minutes, everything else just caught up with Dale Finucane. And I think probably for the last five games that he played, Fitzgibbon got it wrong with him in terms of rotation, minutes, and how we used him. But what, were, what was your thoughts on Dale in his uh, first year in Black, White, Blue? Overall, very, very, very successful on and off the field. Started, was our best forward, was our best player. Held us together. You know, the, the professionalism just it, it's through the roof this year. And I put that all down to Dale. I think he's the captain moving forward, whether Wade's there or not. I think Dale's the spiritual leader. Last month... Not overly impressive, and unfortunately that tackling miss against South to pretty much wrap the game up. Not saying many would have made that tackle, but I don't feel that was up to Dale's efforts. Definitely fell away. I think you're right. Fatigue definitely got to him. I think he plays injured. It's just what Dale Finucan does. He had to play that semi-final. I mean, there's no way you have him on the books you don't play him, whether he's half fit or fully fit. So I don't I don't bag Sir Fitz in that. I think he played too many minutes at the expense of Cam McInnes towards the end of the season. But, I mean, overall, what what a man, what a player, what a signing. He's helped change the culture in the club. He's changed. You know, we've heard Toby Rudolph gush about this bloke. We've heard, you know, the young forwards just say, we're just standing in and listening to what this guy's got to say. We're doing what Dale does. Well, if you do half as well as he do, you're going to have a bloody good career. So, but I, I think it's an eight. Maybe I'm going over the top based on the early stuff, but... No, Dale Finucane, we don't finish second, put it that way. Yeah, I've got Dale as a seven. I just think that the four-way, and it's not his fault, 
um, towards the end of the year. Look, the last two games, well, he, he broke his ribs um, and had to play on a pain-killing injection. But those semi-finals, if they weren't semi-finals, he's not playing. Um, you're right, you know, Delphinukin does play injured and he's, he's a tough, you know, warrior. But in that game against the North Queensland Cowboys, you could have you could have done the less is more with him. Um, I gave him a 7 out of 10. Uh, I just think... You know, he was fantastic early on, and as the season went on and the injuries crept in, yeah, he just, it's not his fault, but that's, it's just how he performed. Uh, next one, Wade Graham played 18 games, averaged 70 metres, 92% tackling. Uh, I think he really changed the way that we played in the opening part of the season when Teague Wilton and uh, Cesar Patalakai were that combination which was just deadly. No one could get near them. Uh, Wade, you know, got his way back into the starting lineup, got the captaincy back. It's not the Wade Graham that we used to see. You know, we used to have Wade Graham with 140 metres and, you know, 200 kicking metres and tackle breaks and try assists and again, Father Time's caught up with him and again, he's a you know, his contract finished this year. It sounds like he's going to get a one-year deal. I'm scratching my head to figure out why we would persist with him. I'm hoping you can help me understand. Can't, I'm afraid. Now, I want to preface this by saying Wade Graham's one of my all-time favourites. He's right up there in terms of the best signings. One, one, one of my favourite players that we've ever had in our lifetime. He's one of the best signings we've ever made. We got him before he hit his peak. He's five times the player he was at Penrith. I just, I cannot say enough positive about him until this season. Uh, there were times there where I was, you know, not not hoping he'd be dropped because I think that's disrespectful, but if he was overlooked, I wouldn't have been too upset. And then it became the point towards the end of the year where him playing actively held players back. T. Wilton's a future and has to play left second row next year. Or if it's Talakai, it's going to be one or the other, you know, Okay, Wade Graham can do the Fafita role. He can play 15, 20 minutes in the centre. He, you know, at his peak, he was the most creative, the best second row in the game even. He had things that other players couldn't do. You know, we've seen players like Isaiah Yo and stuff sort of catch up. No one had the kicking game Wade had. No one had the ball playing. No one had the ability, you know, that inside pass. He built, you know, he and Ben Barber, 2016. He, he and, you know, Val Holmes, 2017, 18. Like those those memories will last forever, but I mean, I don't want. He's another player like Fafita that I want to be allowed to go out in his own terms. So if he wants another year, okay, I can stomach it for another year, but it cannot come at the expense of Teague Wilden. We got a bloke here who you know isn't even at his physical peak yet, and I'm going to gush over him in a few minutes. Full disclosure: you cannot put a busted Wade Graham, and it is a busted Wade Graham. He's had like thirty injuries now. You know, every time he comes back from an injury, he gets re-injured. It's just, it's just what happens when you play like two hundred and eighty games. So you know, overall, I think, I think a six is being very, very respectful to Wade Graham, and I'm going to give him a six. I, I can't bag Fitz for picking him. You know, we're we're a better team when Wade Graham is on, but Wade Graham hasn't been on for six or eight weeks now. I think his best game of the year. You know, I can't even think. He was very good against South. You know, not the semi, the one before. Prior to that, I can't really think of anything. And, I mean, if he were to sign a big deal in France for tomorrow, I think that would do the club and player well. So, and I hate saying that because, like I said, it's 
It's one of my all-time favourites. But moving forward, we've got to get ruthless. There's no contract there for Wade if I'm running the Sharks. Yeah, look, I think the only reason why he hasn't gone over to the Super League is because it's something to do with his partner needs to be in Australia for one more year to get a visa or citizenship or something. And that's fine. That's also not our problem. <laughs> you know, it, I, I had an argument online, or not an argument, but a discussion online this morning where people were saying, yeah, but the club loves the way Graham. That's good. But just because you love him doesn't mean you need to sign. You know, and you very quickly, like, keep signing all these players because they're good blokes or because you love them or because they're really good in the locker room. You know? You're going to end up like fucking Newcastle. Yeah, lots of good blokes. Well, yeah. not really, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, not really. I, I gave Wade Graham a 5 out of 10. I didn't want to be disrespectful to him. Um, yeah, 5 out of 10. Fair enough. Uh, Brayden Hamlin, you early. Look, 17 games. Uh, started the year absolutely on fire. Was one of the best props in the competition. Tore his pec muscle. Didn't come back anywhere near. Now, in the first stint that Brayden Hamlin, you early had, uh, he was averaging over 130 metres a game. When he came back, he was averaging only 60, which brings him to 82 metres and 91% tackling efficiency. Um, scored a couple of uh, tries back-to-back weeks. Had some highlight reels and some big runs, but, you know, that injury, you could tell it was really playing on him. Um, I don't think he did much for his fitness while he was out injured. I think he just sat in the sling in the chair. Um, big off-season him. Uh, big World Cup, big off-season. Come back. I gave him a 7 out of 10 because his uh, early season form was absolutely outstanding. Um, and he, I would have said he was our best forward all year, but... Uh, unfortunately, the back of the year was not real good. Completely fair. I'm going to go six and a half because the end of the season is weighing on me big time. Now, I was told by, by a close mate that Hamlin Newelli was absolutely rocketed after his performance against the Cowboys, and it wasn't much of a performance. I was going to say effort, but the word doesn't really go there. He was just bad against us. You know, we're getting destroyed up the middle. You go to your big bench prop, and he offers very, very little. And I, I think he got hooked, to be totally honest. Probably didn't play the minutes. The pec injury absolutely came into it. I wish he didn't come back. I wish he sat the season out. And, you know, okay, if he wants to play the World Cup, fair enough. You can't can't deny a young bloke an opportunity, especially with Samoa being as good as they are. You know, and he was named for New Zealand too, don't forget. I don't think he was going to make that squad, so I think he made the right choice. But totally selfishly, a fully fit Hamlin Newelli is a starting prop for us and our best starting prop. You're completely right about his starts of the year. We're all saying that Dale's got to start at 8, Cam at 13, and Hamlin Newelli on the bench. Hamlin Newelli blew us all away by starting, and he was undroppable. That injury came at a horrible time, was never the same player. I'm not going to bag him too much because that is an injury that can, you know, that I mean, that's fucked up. You tear a peck. That is just, that must be sitting in your mind. Obi has a huge offseason because last year and early this year, absolute killer. And we need him because we don't have anyone else in the squad like him. So, please, Brayden, I know you're listening. Get fit. Get angry. Get out there and smash people next year. I'm looking for a big improvement next year. Uh, Tommy Hazleton, one game against the Sydney Roosters, had 60 metres. Missed one tackle. I can't score him. I didn't watch the game. I wasn't at the game. When I saw that we'd lost 36-16, I didn't even watch the highlights. Um, 
quickly sum it up in 30 seconds, Dan. Thought he was very, very good. Surprised he didn't get more game, town, game time. Absolute beast for Newtown. His Newtown season gets an eight. The game uh, was five. It was average. But there's going to be plenty more of this bloke moving forward. He's huge and he's got no hair. What's well, not not to like? Yeah, look, I'm glad we re-signed him and Jesse as well this year. So that's uh, that's all I'll say. Now, Royce Hunt is uh, next. Uh, 19 games, uh, some niggling injuries. What absolutely killed us was one of them ruled him out of the South Sydney game in the finals. Average 87 metres, 94% tackling. Um Forced himself. At one point, he was dropped, and he was our 18th and 19th man, and then forced himself to be a starter. And that's what you want from Royce Hunt. The, the downside is that sometimes you get performances and you're like, what the hell was that? Yeah, who's this bloke? Yeah. And then sometimes you get performances and you're like, you know, we've we've legitimately got our own Jared Warrior Hargraves here without elbowing people in the face. And then, you you know, you turn around and you go, oh, fucking hell, he's a Polynesian Don Tweedle. So, yeah, I, I gave him a 7 out of 10. I thought, you know, him and Braden, there wasn't too much between them. In fact, there's only five metres per game between them. Um, I'd love both of them to start uh, because I just think that that impact there is absolutely sensational. However, I don't want to take away from another prop that we still have to talk about. Um yeah, talk to me about Royce. Completely agree. Seven's fair. I thought he heaps. He was a big improver on last year. I know he missed a lot of game time last year. The bloke is, you know, he looks like a front row prop. He's got everything that he needs, but he just hasn't kicked on yet. I think it's his second full year in first grade, so I'm not, not writing him off by any stretch. I think he's in our 17, or discussion for our 17, where earlier this year I didn't have him in the first 20. So I think that's a big, big raps on him. Try scoring free. You know, he scored some tries at, you know, Fafita-esque, dare I say. Just swatting people away. The bloke's the size of a fridge. Nicest guy ever. I love him to death. I think his future's huge. I'm really happy we re-signed him. Can't see him breaking in. I'm just looking at the team I wrote last year, and I had him at 19. So I can't see him being there round one. Everyone else is fully fit. But he did it to us this year, so good on him. The team, there's definitely a, there's definitely a bench spot there for Royce Hunt. In fact, I, I think you'll probably start and you'll see how Manuelli and Capusi on the bench That's fair uh, as our props. Um, yeah, look for mine. I just want him to um, um, unlock that aggression that will just say, you know if if Royce goes out there and makes 140 meters every game, we're not going to lose too many battles. Yeah, I agree. It's the games where you go. Fuck, I wish we didn't pick him. That really hurt. Yeah, well, yeah, that's completely fair. I want 10 runs for 111 metres, just over, you know, 111. You heard it here first. That is the target next year. Go out and do it. There were games where I had to Google or go to NRL.com, I should say, to see if he was on the field. There were other times where he's touching the ball twice every set. you got to bring that in closer. That's why I think it's a seven. Outdid what I expected, but um, needs to kick on. Yeah, now, uh, Cam McInnes, one of our off-season purchases, played uh, games. Uh, I was very surprised with that. Only missed one game. Um, 112 metres per game for second overall in our metres department. 97% tackling. The bloke's a machine. 
in defence. He's so little, but he's so hard to tackle. He's so hard to beat. He's so hard to wrestle. He had the quickest play of the ball in the NRL. Uh, he scored some good tries. He runs suicidal lines every single time he gets the ball. I know it was really fun to stir people up in our DM and say that he was crap and he stinks at St. George. My God, he had a really good season. He was fantastic, and he came to play starting 13, was asked to go to the bench. Glad you admitted that, Terry. It's very nice. Wish I could get a nice shot of your, the shit-eating grin on your face right now. But, uh, look, he did everything we asked for him. I think he well overperformed. Sorry. You know, that, that being second in the metres, I wouldn't have guessed that going in. It's a little bit sad considering how small he is compared to some of the, the giants we have on the roster. But, mate, he was, if not our best forward, our second best at worst. You know, full, I've given him an 8.5 here. I think he was absolutely fantastic. All these calls for him to play nine, f- fuck that nonsense. He's our starting 13. He's got to play more minutes last year. I had a big chat with Dutch at the South game. When he was on, we were winning the middle. As soon as he went off, South fucked us. So I think that's a coincidence. I think he's got to play 60 to 62, three sort of minutes next year. Starting off the bench, don't care. But once he's on, he's on. He was fantastic. Great signing, brewing season. I gave him a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, and I, think I've, I think I've graded him too low, but I'm not going back. Um, look, he definitely exceeded my expectations. I had none. I was like, we've signed a guy from the Dragons, and everyone's really excited about this bum who hasn't played finals. Uh, yeah, look, he was, he was really good. Uh now, next, uh, Mr. Average, Britton Nakora, average 79 metres, tackled at 91%. Uh, I think 79 metres, when I, I had to I had to double-check that, because I was very shocked that it was that high because he had some games where he was averaging 40, 50 metres a game, but then you'd see he'd have others where he'd run for 140 metres, like when he cherry-picked against the Tigers, scored a hat-trick against Newcastle. But against Newcastle, he only ran for 50 metres. Um He's the biggest conundrum for mine in the NRL. He's got all the talent, all the skills. Just doesn't exert himself. Doesn't want to do any of the hard work weights for all the backs to get them into the the 20-meter line where we're attacking the try line and then he wants to have a run. All sizzle, no steak. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> On paper, those stats sound fucking terrible. I think his performances were better than what his stats indicate. But taking into account that his great games are against shit teams with awful forward backs... He's a bloke that will start next year, but given that we have Teague Wood and Sifatalakai, I would be saying to him, your spot's not guaranteed. Get out there and fucking earn it. Because when he's on, he's our best second rower. He can do everything as you outline. And I mean, I don't think we've scraped the surface of what he's capable of. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he produces in New Zealand. I mean, he he was a one-trick pony last year. He ran that same line all the time. This year, I think he's improved on that. I just don't think he does enough. You look there and you think, God, we need that big run. Where's Britt? He's just standing out there with his hand on his hips or, you know, he's second, uh, standing behind. I've got an alarming stat for you here, Dan. And I've just, I've, I've just highlighted one game because it was the one game where I really wanted to jump through the TV and pull his throat out so he couldn't breathe anymore. And that was the semi-final against the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, he played all 93 minutes and 37 seconds of that game. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Britt Nakora in that game ran for 61 metres in 93 minutes and 37 seconds. 
<laughs> on the flip side, the North Queensland Cowboys rotated Luciano Leilua, Jeremiah Nae, and Tom Gilbert in the back row. Tom Gilbert ran for 104 metres in half the time. Jeremiah and I played every single minute and ran for 128 metres. Luciano Leilua played 60 minutes and ran for 161 metres. It's not enough. Now, Britain Nakora has made the New Zealand team and will play off the bench for them. But when you, when, you know, he's a better player than Luciano Leilua. He's a better player than Tom Gilbert. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It just doesn't do enough. He, 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 again, he's another one who needs to be around the 110 metre mark per game. Just in, you know, if he doesn't want to take the, the tough hit ups coming off the line, that's fine. But at 30, 40, 50 metre line, mate, you've got to have a run. He's got to have a run because you've got to shift it one wide so you can go back to Nico to kick. You know, we, you know, Aiden Tolman takes the fourth or fifth tackle hit up all the time. He's not there. Someone's got to stand up next year. You can't always go to the middle. You have to have that option left or right. I I can remember Nikora taking a hit up like once or twice this season. The rest are just what I call runs. You know, he gets the ball and he runs towards the try line. Okay, that's different to I know I'm going to get smashed here, but I'm going to make 10 metres. I'm going to break that advantage line. I'm going to get down. I'm going to play it quick. And then we're going to win the play of the ball. You know, win the ruck, win the play of the ball. You win that play. I never feel like, unless you're 20 metres or less out, that Nakora tries to win that play. When he gets close, the bloke loves a try. You know, like, it's that try line is his, you know, his catnip. But outside that, he, he just doesn't put his hand up enough. He's a bloke you need touching the ball every single set, whether it's for a run, a deke, just he's got to be more involved. I don't know whether it's a, hey, save your energy for those flashy things down the end, or it's got to be, get the fucker ball, cop the hit, get up quick, and get back. I just... He's infuriating, mate, because there's games where you think Nakora could play for New Zealand. Like, he could start for New Zealand. Other times, mate, he would be flat chat making that Newtown backline. So, oh. I gave him a 7 out of 10 because he scored 8 tries. Uh, Five of them were against Newcastle and the Tigers. Uh, Good on him, though. Uh, He scored his first ever career hat-trick as well, and his missus is really hot, so he can have a 7. Yeah, I'll give him a six because I don't think he was as good as you're making. I feel a bit guilty saying that, but I'll stand by it. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm an absolute uh, Britain Cora, um, I wouldn't call it hater, but bagger. Uh, but, yeah, I, I gave him a seven. He was there or thereabouts. Um, next up, Mr. Consistent for mine, Tobias Rudolph, the only other forward to average over 100 metres per game. Now, Cam McInnes averaged 112 metres per game to be second. Do you know what Toby Rudolph averaged for metres per game? About 135? 113. He beat McInnes by one metre. Oh, okay. That's not ideal. Now, it's not ideal for two reasons. One, he only averaged 113 metres per game. Mm-hmm. Two, our two leading metre eaters are 113 and 112 and we had no one else in the team. Guys with frames like Braden Hamlin, Ueli, Royce Hunt, Britton Nakora couldn't average over 100 metres per game. And this is one of the reasons I'm very surprised, one, that we finished second, but I'm not surprised that we went out straight sets when we came up against aggressive forward packs. Oh, completely fair. That's, uh, now, wow. It was an improvement this year from our, our boy, Toby. Uh, he is... Uh, 
meters went down, his runs went up. Now, he was taking some tough runs in this uh, this year. He got his first ever try assist. He was breaking more tackles. He broke... They didn't put him down for a line break this year, despite the fact that he broke South Sydney three times before he scored. <laughs> he had more tackle breaks, more offloads, uh, a, line break, a couple of line break assists and a try assist this year, as well as... Probably scoring the best try by any forward in our team this year. I thought he was our best forward. Um, he played 22 games this year. Missed the game with COVID. I don't think he copped suspension, but he copped a couple of fines as well. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was you know solid without being spectacular. I gave him an eight out of ten. Look, I gave him eight and a half. I'm going to equal with McInnes. I, I thought he was our best forward. Full disclosure. Um, yeah, look, he's a mate of mine, so I'm probably not going to bag him as hard as the others. But uh, his defence this year was. A thousand times better. I mean, last year, Toby became a bit of a, a, the butt of a joke. You know, he'd run up, and you knew he was going to miss that first tackle. If he missed less than six a game, you were clapping him, whereas this year, there was none of that. I think a lot of Toby's errors are at the fault of Sir Fitz. Now, I don't like playing the blame game or passing blame, but it seemed to be Toby was told, go out there and play until you're tired and you make an error, then I'll take you off. Because... Nine times out of ten, Toby Rudolph would go one too many. I'd see him get up, take that big breath, and he's missing the tackle and knocking the next set on. And I've I've said everyone in the world could see he needed to come off for a rest. He's a player who can play about 22 to 25 minutes. Anything additional is just garbage time. You're asking for trouble. I don't know whether that's him saying, no, leave me for 30, or whether Fitz has told him you have to play for 30. But when you see him take that big breath after the 18th minute mark, that's... The sign. Get Toby off, and I bet you if you took that, half his missed tackles and nearly all his errors would go away. When he's just hitting the ball up and getting up and playing, he's fantastic. When he tries to ball play, I hate it. He's not that kind of player. Maybe it'll come in the offseason. Not yet. And I hate when he tries to play the ball quick. Get up. I understand winning the play the ball. Just get up and play it, especially in your second stint. Toby in the opening 20 minutes is our best forward, undisputedly for mine. From 25 to 30, he's, you know, not so good. Second stint, you know, it's not what the first is. So I don't know whether that's a fitness thing or a game plan thing, but Toby Rudolph's ceiling very high. I think we saw, you know, a lot of it this year. And, yeah, he, you know, he's someone that we look like we're going to lose to the Bulldogs. Can you imagine our forward park without Toby Rudolph in it this year? Yuck. Yeah. He needs to give out the vapes or the ciggies or whatever it is he does in his spare time. But you're right. He, the first 20 minutes, he's, he's perfect. He, he, he starts gasping for air. Um, less is better with Toby. I think he needs to play the opening 22, have a breather, play the final 22. Spot that's, on, agreed. That's the best there. But sometimes you look at it and you're like, when we're losing the ruck. You've got to get Toby back out there. So you sacrifice, you know, it's, it's one of the things that Fitz has to work. I think Oregon Kafusi is a massive, massive finding for not only Toby but for the others as well because Kafusi can play big minutes as well but he's also accustomed to coming off the bench and giving you high impact, high energy. Uh, look, Toby, 14 errors, uh, only nine penalties this year. Last year he finished second in the NRL for the most missed tackles. He wasn't even up there this year. So congratulations I gave him our forward of the year. Now, Dan, at the beginning of this season, the, uh, we said about this bloke, if he plays more... Then 12 games, we're in trouble. Aiden Tolman played 21 games this year. Uh, 75 metres, 97% tackling. You know what you're going to get from him. 
what you're going to get is really average. And I think some of the games that he played should have and could have been given to Jesse Coleman. Yes. Now, again, I want to preface this by saying I'm a big fan of Aiden Tolman, both on and off the pitch. The signing was great. I think he did exactly what he was asked to to do. We just, you know, you can't, Tolman, I don't want to bag him because I can't think of anything he did wrong this year. It nothing. Just, he did nothing wrong. He just, he's not a player that can win your game anymore. You know, six or seven years ago, Tolman was the best player in the park most games. And that includes when he was with James Graham. I mean, they were the best forward pack in the game for a long, long time. He should have had five or six Origin jerseys. So, you know, it was a great signing. It was perfect. But the fact that he played 21 games is... That's a huge indictment on our side. Colhoun should have played six or seven. Hazleton should have played three or four. That's nothing against Tolman. Again, I love the bloke. If he wants to stick around at the club for life, let's keep him. He's the sort of bloke we need. But he's not a guy you can play week in, week out. That, that hurts. If, if Jesse had played six or seven games and uh, Tommy had played three or four games, then Aiden Tolman is probably only playing 12 or 13 games. Perfect. And we said 12 was the the magic marker for us, for Aiden Tolman. Look, he played 21 games, some of them out of necessity because we, do, we were just lacking troops. And some of them you're just like, why? Mm. You know, why, why did you pick him when you've got a guy in reserve grade who's, you know, Destroying people, and there's others. There's another guy as well who didn't get a game this year. Who I thought could have got a game in seven. That's Frank Pellet. Yeah, I had him on the list too. Disgusting. Yeah, uh, look, I gave Tolman a five and a half out of ten. I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was good. He is one of the only players in NRL history to score a try on his 300th game. I had the list somewhere of the other two people and who they were. Um, but, you know, he made a little bit of history there. If anyone had his first try scorer against Newcastle uh, in his 300th game, you are an absolute genius. Um, yeah, look, I wish him all the best. He was a great club servant. No one said anything bad about him in his time in Cronulla or in his whole career. I don't think... I can't even remember him going to the judiciary before he came to Cronulla. He got his first ever suspension um, with us. He never did anything wrong on or off the field. Uh, the bloke's just one of the most stand-up characters in the game. He's probably going to be, you know, he's the one that you look at and go, he's probably going to be a fantastic coach one day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100% but, agree. Or, or he's going to go and be a PE teacher. Yeah, just, he deserves nothing but the best. I, I love the guy. Uh, I gave him a six. I thought he he did everything we asked of him. We just asked too much. I had six, and then I put it to five and a half, so I'm glad that we're sort of around the uh, same... Uh, yeah, whatever it is. Um, now, Jack Williams played six games. I was very surprised at that. When you have a look, though, he I copped a concussion, didn't come back in one game, got injured in another, which really skewed his running metres. Now, his first game of the season against the West Tigers, and it really showed the Jack Williams that we missed. He ran for 106 metres, made 21 from 21 tackles, broke eight tackles against the Tigers, and he just bullied that pack. And looking at the back half of the year, fuck me, we could have done with Jack Williams. I completely forgot he even played this year. He's on my list as I haven't played. You're completely right. God, we, yeah, we could have used Jack Williams, well, that version of Jack Williams. I know he, um, last year was really good. The year before, he was terrible. So it's a shame he, missed, he got injured. 
six games, he tackled at 98%. He missed two tackles. Now, when early days when we got Jack Williams, you're like, geez, this guy couldn't hold the ball and he couldn't tackle. His errors in the last two years, and fair enough, he only played six games this year, but his errors have creeped right out of his game, and his defense is absolutely outstanding. He runs hard as a motherfucker. Well, you need that. <laughs> we missed the guy. You know, in the times where Dale Finucan, you know, was tired and looked like he could use a breather, and we were just getting monster in the pack. You can just sit like, this guy doesn't care who he runs at. He's a big lad. You know, he's got muscles on muscles on muscles. And he doesn't give a fuck who he runs at. No, okay. God, we, we absolutely missed him. Well, it'd be nice to get him back early next year. What, um, what's the, we heard a time frame of his return? Yeah, he's out in the sling and he was training towards the end of the year. Um, I think he'll be right and available for round one. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I never ever thought I'd be uttering these words about Jack Williams. The 2021 Jack Williams was arguably one of the, well, was our best forward and was one of the best forwards in the competition. And the six games that he gave us, especially that game against the West Tigers, now I know it is only the Tigers, but you know the Tigers did beat four teams this year. Um, and he just he went out there and just said, no, you're not getting any control in this game. You're not coming back. I'm not giving you a sniff. He bashed him. And you're talking about an origin guy like Joel Fahin Gowie. He ragdolled him. That's he true. absolutely ragdolled him. Uh, I gave Jack a, a 5 out of 10, uh, but he's a 10 out of 10 in my heart. Oh, well, there you go. That's Well, I'll go a 5, mate. I had to look his stats up as you were talking. I forgot he played this year, so probably doesn't say a lot. But, uh, yeah, those stats are pretty impressive considering the others. So get get well, Jack. Yeah. And the final forward that we have, Teague William, uh, Teague Wilton. You ten. And I, big, ten out of ten. Big fans of this guy. Seventy-seven meters per game, ninety-three percent tackling. Now this brings me to a really impressive segue for the Sharks forward. Before we talk about Teague Wilton, not one forward tackled below ninety percent this year. That's impressive. That is impressive. I dare you to go back and look at the 2021 stats. No, thank you. I'm talking about guys like Andrew Fafida was over 90% this year. Toby Rudolph was over 90% this year. Go and look him up last year. I don't want to. It was terrible. Toby's last three games last year helped him boost his numbers for what he was. Um, But, yeah, not one forward tackled under 90% this year. The lowest was Braden Hamill-Newelli and Britton Nakora at 91%. Um, Teague absolutely devastating when he was on that left edge we moved him back to the bench I don't know why he should have been on that left edge playing 80 minutes every game he's fantastic he's going to play for Australia one day I don't know I don't know why Fitz changed it I get the way Graham's our captain I get that he was on a lot of money this year but it doesn't make him a better footballer than Teague Wilton he made a monumental mistake there Um, some of Teague's games Coming off the bench, he was injected into the team to give us impact. He tried too hard. South game, in, as an example. Um, I think I've low-balled him here. I gave him a six and a half. I think he was up around about that seven, seven and a half mark. Um, scored some great tries. The match winner against Parramatta, of course. He loves running the line, similar to Britton Nakora, close to the line. Difference between him and Britt is he does all the work coming off the line as well. He does. I am a huge fan. I've I've got him at seven here. I thought I was being unfair, only because he's back seat, back end. He became a bit part player. He cannot be a bit part player moving forward. If you go to Wade Graham and say, "What do you want?" and he says, "Okay, I'll play," you know, as a secondary role when we need players to come in, 
give him the contract. If he says he wants to start, which means Teague Wilton's future is done, I would asshole him. I would send him straight yeah, to the Dragons. We're in a precarious situation with Teague Wilton here because he's off contract come November 1, and if we don't have a lockdown position for him, I fear that he will leave us. Oh, 100% he'll, he'll go somewhere. He's a Sharks junior through and through. He loves us. He said he, you know, he never even thought about handing his, uh, you know, his notice when we sacked his uncle. Um, but if we can't say to him, "You're the starting back rower," the Dolphins can. Yeah. The Bulldogs probably can. Tigers. Penrith are looking for a left edge back rower to replace Billy Armour Kicker. They could, and if they got him. He's, it's game over. He's playing for Australia. Of course he is. He, you know, Melbourne are looking for a new forward pack too. So, yeah, we need to get this guy done this month. We need to say, oi, three years. What what do you, what he terms? You're our left left back rower. You know, there's you and I were talking last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago. It might have been last week. Seems like forever, Terry. I miss you lots. About our predicted teams, and we had Talakai and Teague as our left back rower. We one or the other. I think Teague's a better footballer. I think Talakai's a more dangerous footballer. You've got to get them both in. If you mean if that means sacrificing Nakora, well, so be it, because they're the two that I want. Teague's that number one, though. And, I mean, we've been saying this for years. For Newtown, he was incredible. For our flag, NYC, whatever the fuck they were at that time, he was incredible. He's come through. His game against Parramatta, you know, everyone will just remember the try, but he was probably our best forward outsider for Nukin on the day. It just... I can't think of a game where I thought, ah, geez, T played like shit. Now, I know he was pretty terrible against South, but game was over, and we put him in a position where it was, hey, Teague, who's still a relative rookie, go on and win the game against, you know, Cam Murray and Totola and stuff. So we threw him to the walls there. Mate, I'm, you know, in terms of future stars, Eero is probably number one. I'm so high on this guy. Teague might well be number two, and I know Sam Stone Street's going to be thrown out there, but, I mean, they're the two players that I just think they're the future of Cronulla outside of, you know, Ronaldo, Nico, of course, the boys. He was great this year. He did everything asked of him. I think he overperformed. I think we underutilized him, and that's a mistake we can't move going forward. Yeah. Yeah, Fitz, Fitz is going to look at that now. Look, uh, again, I'm, if Wade Graham's taking the 28th or 29th contract, um, you know, it's a low contract, I'm, I'm fine with that, but he can't. He, he hindered. He hindered Teague Wilton this year, and he, he can't do that. Look, overall... I'm very surprised after reading that we only had two players average 100 metres per game that we were able to finish second. I'm not surprised that two big four packs in the finals absolutely took us apart. If it wasn't for Nico Hines' experience in that semi-final, we would have absolutely thumped by the Cowboys because they're forwards. You can go and look at the, the metres they ran. Oh, my God. Um, Mate, in the preseason, you and I both said Cronulla are a big prop shot. We're still a big still, prop shot. Yeah, we're still a big prop shot. David Clemmer. Is shopping himself to everyone, everywhere that he can. The West Tigers are in, like, we had money for Angus Crichton. We've been talking to Thomas Flegler. Go and get that money, put it in front of David Clemmer, give him a relocation package, and get him down to the Sharks for the next three years. He is the difference. He's a difference maker for us now. Mm-hmm. Teams are coming back to the pack. Penrith are losing some quality players, and it sounds like some of their. Their stars who have, you know, the young stars who have won premierships are like, oh, maybe I can go and get some cash now. You know, I've got, I've got two rings. I can, I'm probably do with four years of going and getting some money before I chase another premiership ring. Um, go and get David Clemmer, 
there's another guy, Spencer Lenu, but I'd rather David Clemmer. Yeah, Clemmer, Clemmer, absolutely. There was another player earlier. I know, look, Marty Tapao's off contract. No. For mine, he's too old. Three years ago, I would have jumped at him. Yep. But if he's going to, if he doesn't get a contract and we got a spot next year, I'm offering him a spot. Really, really cheap. Say, well, you go out there, prove you got six weeks. If you do well, we'll upgrade you. We'll make it full time. I think it's worth that sort of punt. And if he plays a couple of games for Newtowns, so be it. But David Clemmer is a bloke that I would move heaven and earth for. I know what he's done off field. I know he yells at trainers, he this and that, blah, blah, blah. We're in a position now where we need David Clemmer to get serious because there's not... The top eight, we got the weakest forward pack by a long, long way. Sifa Talakai, Ronaldo Mulatalo, and early Will Kennedy carried us. They got all the meters and Nico Hines produced. I know we got a couple of barge over tries, but you can't rely on Finucane. He's in his 30s. You know, Toby's only in his second year. You put a representative footballer, David Clemmer, a bloke with a huge chip on his shoulder, plenty to prove right in the middle, and Cronulla suddenly become a far different kettle of fish. So yeah, I would 100%. Whatever he wants, get it done. Yeah. We, he's, he, like as I said, he's the difference between us remaining second and us potentially going to fifth. Yeah. And I, I, wanna, I wanna wrap Kafusi again. Magical signing. Love it. He may force his way into the starting lineup next year, either a second roll prop, but I want him and Fafita. Uh, and Clemmer rather. Yeah. Not Fafita. Yeah, I, I, I want I want David Clemmer more than anything like it's for mine, David Clemmer just makes our pack perfect. Yeah, I'd argue. Well, I take him and Dave for feed up, but uh, claim are over. Yeah. Uh, now, it's uh, it's a bit of a break for you and I. We're, we'll still be on Rugby League Outlaws um, covering the World Cup, uh, Women's World Cup as well, which is uh, going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, in terms of podcasting-wise, unless we sign a player like David Clemmer, or one of our players does something really stupid, please don't. Yeah, please don't. Uh, we need the break, motherfuckers. Yeah, we probably won't be around till the new year. So it was yeah. a pleasure, always. Thanks for all five of you for listening. And uh, don't forget, go home, kiss your mum, and howl my